Next on BYU Sports Nation, the injury bug bites again. Another BYU big man goes down. How it will affect the Cougars' crucial road trip to the Northwest. BYU assistant basketball coach Tim Lacombe will join us in studio. Plus, Portland head coach Eric Reveno on his team's turnaround as he previews Thursday's game with us. A roster shakeup for BYU football after an in-state quarterback transfer. College football analyst David Nixon joins us and BYU women's hoop star Jennifer Hampson. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hey, welcome on your Wednesday, January 22nd. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation back to work. We're straight up on the fast break today. Four guests in an hour. Four in an hour. Discussing everything from five-game win streaks to injuries and a quarterback transfer. Wherever and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Let's start it right. Kyle Van Noy continues to make a name for himself at the Senior Bowl practices in Mobile, Alabama. With NFL scouts parading around, Van Noy has impressed. This coming from Dion Caputi at NFL Draft Update on Twitter. He says, quote, BYU linebacker Kyle Van Noy having another strong day by all accounts, end quote. That comment surfacing just hours after Eric Galco of Optimum Scouting and the Sporting News joined us yesterday on the show. He said Van Noy's a fit for almost any NFL defense. 4-3, 3-4 linebacker scheme, doesn't matter. Galco has Van Noy going between pick 15 and 25 in the first round of the NFL draft. And then BYU's win over Texas looks better every day. They beat Kansas State on a buzzer beater last night. I believe they're 13-4. and four. So that win was good. And I, I saw a gif online that reminded me of Tyler Haw's shot. With 40 seconds left, the one-footed runner to beat the shot clock. That was an amazing shot. Probably the shot of the year. I still think that is at this point. It's the shot of the year, the play of the year for BYU so far. So BYU's win over Texas continues to... Look better every day. The basketball team and their RPI getting a boost from the Longhorns. By the way, Stanford, who BYU also beat their first true road win. That was the second game of the season. The Cardinals are 12-5 with no bad losses. CollegeInsider.com named the BYU women's basketball team the sixth best mid-major team in the country. They still have a great shot of making the NCAA tournament. they got to win some big-time West Coast Conference games coming up, especially the ones at home against Gonzaga and San Diego. Join our conversation across BYU Sports Nation 24 hours a day by using the new and more concise hashtag BYUSN. Comment on our Facebook page and sound off on today's Twitter question. What percent chance do you give BYU to sweep this week's Northwest road trip? So at Portland Thursday, at Gonzaga Saturday. What do you think? I say 25%. Again, not what I want to happen, but it's my realistic expectation. BYU banged up, take on a tough front court in Portland, and if they get past the pilots, have to go to one of the toughest places to play a basketball game in the entire country at Gonzaga. The Cougs have some swagger back, certainly. But it'll take close to their best game, if not their best game, to win at the Kennel. 25% is probably where I feel as well. Portland, BYU should win that game. Uh, And then Gonzaga, that's a really tough game to play. Gary Bell Jr. might be back from a hand injury. They think that he might be back this week. He's a really good player. And having rewatched the Portland-Gonzaga game last night, it was it reemphasized to me how well Portland played on that particular night, but also that Gonzaga, of course, they're not the number one overall seed like they were last year uh, going into the NCAA tournament. They are still good, though. They are still the king of this conference, and until someone actually takes them down in the regular season and or the tournament, which St. Mary's has done in the tournament and been competitive, but Gonzaga is the team to beat. And so if BYU to, were to pull off the win in Spokane, that would be huge. So 25% is probably a fair number. And like you say, not what I want, but what I think. Just realistic expectations. Yeah. yeah. BYU, Go in there and upset. BYU is 2-5 and five all time against Gonzaga. Have never won in Spokane. They are 1-4 against Gonzaga while playing in the West Coast Conference. They the one, one being the home game. At the Marriott Two Center. Two years ago. The other win came when Jimmer went crazy in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And last year's home game with Gonzaga was a great game. That was a really good game at the end. That's the, of course, Bronson Kafusi hammers Kelly Olinick game. Craig Cusick, uh, what, what was it, banks in a three to beat the shot clock at the end. I mean, that was a good game. So the fact BYU was in that against number two Gonzaga was good, but in the kennel is tough. BYU's got to play a really good game to be competitive. What percent chance do you give BYU basketball to sweep this week's Northwest road trip to Portland 
and Gonzaga. Sound off at BYU Sports Nation. You can listen to our show weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980. Shows on demand at BYURadio.org or catch the rebroadcast weekdays at 7 Eastern. We're on the move, BYU Sports Nation, so rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. Ouch! Another big man goes down for BYU with an injury. Nate Austin had to leave practice after tweaking his ankle. Tweak being the word BYU head coach Dave Rose used. You'll hear it. During the coach's show last night, however, Rose said x-rays were negative. Certainly good news for BYU hoops, but how much will Nate be able to play this week, if at all? Right now, it looks like Nate is pretty much day-to-day. Nate t- tweaked his ankle in practice today. He's having an x-ray this, afternoon, uh, this evening, and so we'll know a little bit more. Hopefully it, we keep the swelling under control and uh, go from there. We'll just see what the doctors have to say. Well, we know what the doctors said. X-rays are negative, but it's day-to-day. Ankles are weird. What BYU loses in Nate Austin if he doesn't play? The 11th best offensive rebounder in BYU history, and that's halfway through his junior season. That's a surprising stat. Eight rebounds a game, a blocked shot, five valuable fouls, and a seven-foot frame to bang around inside, not to mention his ability to draw a charge. This is a big blow to the Cougs if he can't suit up for the next few games, especially against a front-court power in Portland. Their guards are not great. Their big men are good. BYU needs some size against Portland. Yeah, they're... The, Portland depends on their guards a lot, but Nicholas is a really he's a kind of a thirteen and, eight, and nine guy. Uh, Thomas Vandermars is a solid player inside. They'll go inside a little bit, but if BYU does not have Austin, then the inside uh, presence is advantage Portland at that point. And so BYU banged up inside the weakest position in terms of depth on the team. Not good. Not good. It's perhaps even more significant because of Eric Mika's already shaky status. Yeah, I think that as soon as he feels 100% comfortable out there, I think Eric's you know really um, you know playing hard for the guys right now, and uh, you know he's in a, a, a situation where um, I think he's trying to feel his way back onto the floor and in, in, into all positions. I think he feels really comfortable in a lot of positions, but not. 100% comfortable in all positions, and, and I think that just has to come with, with time as uh, you recover from any type of injury. Listen to this, and I'll say this. You have to respect the fact that mentally it's a big challenge for a young man like Eric to not be affected by this. It's hard not to play a little gingerly when you're injured. That's why I see a lot of guys that are partially injured get re-injured. It just, it's just mentally it is hard to go all out because you're not, you know, you are not 100% healthy. But credit him as a competitor. Here's Eric telling the media yesterday the hard thing is getting comfortable and confident again. I think uh, the challenge, and I think with every injury, there's a little bit of it, is just kind of being timid. You don't want to be come back and be scared that you're going to get hurt. And so I think once, once I get over that complete, then, completely, then I'll be good. Practices are different than games. Jerem, certainly. We talk about practice. Not a game. Not a game. We talk about practice. So you can feel good in practice, but when you get the adrenaline pumping and it's a real game situation, totally different situation. Luckily, against Santa Clara, Mika dunked. Gregor Bell was on the show yesterday and mentioned that was the first time that he had dunked in a while. And so that's a good sign. He's getting better, but he's not 100%. And the fact that Austin is hurt now, that just... That's, that's trouble. The challenge becomes the guards need to carry the weight even more. Which they did at Santa Clara. So Eric going on to say that exactly what we just talked about. He, he's more uncomfortable in a real game situation than in the practice scenario. I mean, I was out from a whole week of practice and, and two and a half games like we talked about earlier. And, and I felt good in practice before those games. Um, but I think just w- once, you get in, w- once you get into a game, it's just it's a whole different thing than, than practice it felt. Um, I mean, like how I how I felt the very first games of the season, just everything seemed a little bit fast just because that's just how it is. It's, it's different than practice. Here's the good thing, and you brought up the fact that Eric dunked, and it appeared that he, he started to just play a little bit at that point where you're not so much focused on the injury where you're, you're kind of just soaking in the game. And that'll come back, and that's what Dave Rose says he's trying to feel his way into. 
He's trying to slowly get back into the flow of the game. But here's what is good about Eric Mika. His attitude and his personality are still in the right place. We also found this nugget from last night's practice. Listen to Tyler Haas and what's going on in the background. I'll give you one guess yeah, as to who it is. He brings experience and uh, a lot of winning experience. And uh, he's, been, he's been around a lot of guys and knows a lot about the game. So it's good to have him around. It's good to have guys like that around too, I guess. Do you enjoy going against him uh, when you practice and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's a he's a goofball, and he's a lot of fun to have around. <laughs> Tyler Haas. Uh, I think that was Eric Mika. Yeah, that's right. It was Eric Mika. So while he's banged Omaha! up, his, his humor and attitude Omaha, Omaha. are right where they need to be. Which brings us to the stat of the day. I... It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Yes, it is. BYU is the number one scorer in the conference. Tyler Haas, 22 a game. Seventh nationally, by the way. The number one, tied for the number one thieves, steals, Carlino and Kyle Collinsworth. Number two rebounder, Austin. That'd be a big blow. Mm. And number three assist man, Kyle Collinsworth, 5.3 a game. BYU's got the players to win a conference title. They do, but they need to be healthy. Mika, Austin, that's, that's tough. BYU needs to play good games like Santa Clara, and they've got a shot to, they should beat Portland without Austin, and then... Be competitive at Gonzaga. BYU's got the players to do it. They do. Sad of the day. Can the Cougars combine to play great games against With our powers competition and avoid those bad losses? Topic two. Biggest week ever. BYU controls their own destiny to a degree with this trip to the Northwest. They can take over first place in the West Coast Conference for the first time ever ever this late in the season if and it's a big if they sweep the trip to the northwest a BYU sweep could propel the WCC to two bids in the NCAA tournament CBS Sports Doug Gottlieb one of the nation's prominent college basketball experts joined us yesterday told us why the WCC right now is a one and a half bid league it's a one and a half league and it's going to be it's going to be based upon the Zags and the Cougars' ability to go win enough games to kind of separate themselves from the rest of the league. Doug Gottlieb would go on to explain why BYU, after a slow start in conference play, has some ground to make up. But the big thing is because they, you know, shot themselves in the foot with those that LMU and Pepperdine loss early in conference play. Um, I, I think they're going to have to win one of those two games and and avoid the dreaded upset uh, to a Portland to a Pacific. To a USD who's playing playing decently. Let's not forget that the Cougars are in the discussion of the Big Dance with seven losses in twenty games. They're thirteen and seven, but because they've played the thirteenth toughest schedule in the country up to this point, I mean, what other team in America has seven losses and is in the top fifty of the RPA rankings? None. BYU is low forties, depending on which RPI poll you look at. The next closest seven loss team is, as Jerem Jordan just told me, North Carolina at number 58. There's respectable losses, which you don't want to have, but if you do have, you get, go challenge yourself. And Doug Gottlieb pointed out that BYU had challenged itself and may be rewarded on Selection Sunday for it. So while people hate to say there's no respect in a loss, there are no moral victories... Doug Gottlieb couldn't disagree more. BYU still in the NCAA tournament discussion because of how they've challenged themselves and how they competed even in those losses. Basketball out, football in. Topic three. And Ammon traveled to the land southward. Ammon Olsen, very capable backup quarterback for BYU, headed back to the place he started his college career, Southern Utah University. Now BYU has three quarterbacks, and it appears two spots to fill. To break this down, we bring in David Nixon, former NFL guy, former BYU standout, and current BYU TV sports analyst. David, how much of an impact does a transfer like this have on the BYU football team? You know, I think it definitely has an impact. If you look at him, and he was a capable backup. He had the arm. He had the athletic talent. Um, but obviously, it wasn't quite working out. He, he, saw the, he saw the writing on the wall with him being stuck behind Taysom, and I uh, can't blame the guy. You, you want to get on the field and – he realized it wasn't going to be here at BYU, so he looked, looked elsewhere. How does this affect BYU moving forward, do you think, David? 
You know, with the, with the new offensive scheme that Coach and I brought in, I, I don't think Ammon really fit that very well. Uh, and I think that's pretty evident uh, to, to all BYU fans. Um, you know, when he did get any time this season, I think he really struggled with the scheme. Uh, but, um, you know, it's, I, I talked to actually Taysom last night, and Taysom was like, look, the coaches have got a, a big task at hand. They, they've got to go out there and recruit some players that can come in and play in this system. Because of right now, you look at some of the other backups, Billy Green, I mean, he's definitely not your uh, right option, you know, run threat quarterback. And so uh, the coaching staff is probably scrambling right now, looking for some recruits, maybe some JUCO guys to bring in uh, that, that can be that backup to Taysom in case something happens. David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst on BYU Sports Nation. David, they have Billy Green, Christian Stewart, and Taysom Hill as the starter. Tanner Mangum is on a mission, won't be back for a while. So is junior college the easiest route to go for the BYU coaching staff? I think it's a Band-Aid. It's a Band-Aid for the current situation where they can just kind of plug a hole. But I'll be honest, I played against Christian Stewart. He was our scout team quarterback my senior year there at BYU. And uh, I have to give the kid props. He's a very athletic kid, um, has a decent arm. Uh, but but I think athleticism is where it comes into play for him, and and so I think he fits very well into this scheme. I, I know he got some you know kind of late minute uh, play there against Idaho State this year and didn't fare too well. But um, I, I think he's one of those guys that could step up. I know he's a transfer, and, and BYU fans get a little eerie about having a, a, a transfer walk on type guy come in and, and possibly play quarterback for for your team. But that's kind of where we're left right now, and and depending on what the coaches can throw together here in the in the late stages of the game, now that Ammon's transferring. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they can what they can scrap together, but uh, with recruits. But um, you know, let's just uh, let's just hope Taysom doesn't get injured. I think that's what all fans are, are hoping for. Absolutely, and he'll be a junior, so you would assume that barring injury, he's going to play the next two years. How convincing can BYU be at this point, this late, leading up to February fifth signing day, with a high school kid saying, "Come here, maybe redshirt to, uh, your freshman year would probably be Taysom, and then you've had you have a shot as a sophomore." Yeah, I think it's very convincing, and, and especially to show the recruits, look at the talent that we've had here at BYU, and of course, quarterback U, and and kind of look at the direction that we're trying to head now. And this offense is very appealing to to a lot of recruits, and, and you look at it's, it's kind of taken the nation by storm with you know Texas A&M with Johnny Menzel and Auburn with Nick Marshall. Of course, you got Oregon with Mariota. So a lot of teams are catching on to this type of offense, the hurry up kind of right option with the quarterback being uh, kind of a dual threat. And so I think a lot of a lot of athletes, a lot of players out there, quarterbacks especially in the high school ranks, are seeing this, and, and they've seen BYU the the success they had this year. Um, and, and you're right, I, I think they realize, look, I'm basically going to waste a year behind Taysom, but from there, the the cupboard's pretty bare, and uh, I have a chance to go in there and, and compete, you know, here in a few years when he's gone, and in the meantime, you know, learn from a from a veteran quarterback in Taysom now that he's an upperclassman uh, from a great coaching staff. And when the time comes, you know, they'll be a sophomore and, and hopefully they'll have three years to start from there on out. David Nixon on BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We're talking about Ammon Olsen, the capable backup quarterback for BYU, now transferring to Southern Utah University. It happened so close to the news that Gary Croton was heading down to Cedar City as well, former BYU head coach and an offensive mastermind, has been around all over the place, a journeyman. How much do you think Croton going to Southern Utah had an effect on Ammon finalizing his decision? I think it had a huge effect. I mean, I, hopefully there was no tampering there with uh, Croton maybe contacting um, Ammon. Who, who knows? But uh, at the end of the day, you're right. Coach Croton's obviously very familiar with BYU, and, and, and Ammon fits his type of West Coast offense. I mean, that's, that's Ammon's strength is his arm and his accuracy, and, and you know, that's, that's why he, he originally came to BYU. But then, of course, BYU switched it up with bringing in an eye and went a completely different direction. So, once again, I think Ammon saw, look – you know, this doesn't fit me well. Um, if, if I do see the field, I don't know how much success I'll have when I get on the field. And then all of a sudden you've got Croton going, going down there that plays to his strengths. He's familiar with the area, with SUU, as you mentioned uh, earlier. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think he saw, like I said, the right in the wall and decided to take the jump. And um, once again, talking to Taysom, Taysom kind of wished him the best and, and said, look, it's, it's the best situation for him and to get on the field. And as athletes, as, as competitors, you know, it, it's a step down to go to SUU, but at least you'll be on the field playing. And, uh, you know, I can say that's much better than uh, riding the pine for sure. David, we've got 30 seconds left, and I want to bring you into one of my favorite parts of the show. You know who won't be in Connecticut for the season opener, Jerem? Ammon Olsen. <laughs> Countdown to Connecticut. 218. 218 days away. David Nixon, are you ready? 
No, I, come on, man. I have it on my phone, a countdown every day. So <laughs> I, I woke up and told my wife today, I was like, this is the one week we won't have football because of the break for the Super Bowl, and the next week is it's done, and I'm, I'm officially going into depression mode, so get ready. <laughs> hey, March 3rd is the start of spring football, the third biggest sport at BYU. Yeah, that, <laughs> and that also puts a Band-Aid on the situation, right? That's, that's just a little temporary fix for, uh, for the long few summer months, but uh, – yeah, you're right. August can't get here fast enough, that's for sure. David Nixon, thanks for the time, my friend. All right, take care, guys. What do you know about Portland basketball? Well, it'll be a lot more after our next segment. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. We're live in Studio 2 at BYU Broadcasting. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. You can also follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. BYU TV and BYU Radio have Cougar basketball covered this week. Tomorrow the women's basketball team hosts San Francisco in a crucial WCC battle. Watch it live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. And the men's basketball team is at Portland. Listen to it live on BYU Radio at 10 Eastern. That's all tomorrow. Our next guest on BYU Sports Nation, the head basketball coach of the Portland Pilots, Eric Reveno. Coach, welcome to the show. How's it going? Great, gentlemen. How are we doing? We're doing really well. Hey, I want to ask you, first of all, about that Gonzaga win. I know that the, the ripple effect has been huge through the West Coast Conference. What was that like when the final buzzer sounded for you and your team? You know, it's one of those games. We've had a, a couple, unfortunate couple of year over the years to have a couple of those nice upsets, and, and it's been a, it's been a long time since Gonzaga, as you know. And you know, it's funny because you don't. I mean, I was. Uh, my wife said it. My wife said it best. She said, "You know, I, I wish I had known we were going to win. I would have enjoyed it a lot more." <laughs> you know, and so you don't really. It doesn't sink in. I mean, like you just. And then at the you know the first thing I do is I want to you know uh, I, I had some nice words with Coach Few and he was very complimentary and it's a, one of the things I love about our league a lot of a lot of class classy coaches and good programs but um, but you know it, it felt great I was happy for the guys it was just fun to watch you know the the, the students that we weren't in session for school and all the students that had come back uh, early to see the game was a good number for us and. Uh, so I was really happy for that. It, it was interesting. My biggest instinct was to start thanking people because it was uh, people were saying congratulations. But I it was just a lot of hard work goes into that. Um, and as a coach, you believe in, in where you're going and what you got going, and you know it's possible, and you're fired up for the game. But it doesn't always happen. So it's just a, it's a strong sense of appreciation, really, uh, and it's, it's just it's just enjoyment to just watch everybody having so much fun. And I rewatched that game last night uh, just to see, you know, what how it happened. And you guys shot the ball, especially what I thought defensively. You guys were great, blocked a lot of shots off the ball, rebounded well. Uh, what kind of effort will it take to maintain those kind of games to pull off wins against teams like BYU? Uh, you know, I, that's a great question. I think that's what I tried to do in the locker room right after the game was try to focus off the things that, like, we did, not like so it didn't become some sort of mystic achievement, but something concrete and tangible. You know, and for us, it was uh, really good, consistent execution of the game plan. You know that, you know that they're, they're shooters. We made it hard for them to get shots, and we we had even late game talking about some of those block shots. We even had some really great rotations based on scouting report uh, to get to their shooters when they were trying to come back, and and uh, we learned some things about handling pressure that they because they bothered us with some things. It's a lot of basketball stuff, and I think. The one thing it's just you know as cliche as it is, it starts with that sort of effort and intensity. It can't you, you can't necessarily have a packed house and have the crowd and Gonzaga on national TV to get you going. But we play like that. We play pretty good all the time. I'm proud of my team. We don't you know we're always playing at 95 percent. Never you know, but you got to be playing at that 100 percent. You know, and, and doing that, and then um, and then just really just that 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 toughness to, to to execute on things. And we talked before and after the game about the courage to take it. You know, and and uh, BYU is great that way in terms of how they play aggressive and, and confident, share the basketball. You know, that's the kind of way, that's the way the game should be played, and that's what we did in that game. We need to keep doing more of that. 
The head coach of the Portland Pirates, Eric uh, Pilots, I should say, not the Pirates. Arr. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> the Portland Pilots, Eric Reveno, joining BYU Sports Nation. Coach, you've, you've had quite a turnaround. You're 11 and 8 this year, 3 and 4 in conference. After the Gonzaga, when you go on the road, take some momentum and beat Loyola Marymount, and you drop a game in Malibu against Pepperdine, which is a very capable team on their home court. For you, what has been the biggest difference in your team's style of play and their confidence factor this year? Our biggest difference is, without a doubt, and just put two stat sheets side by side, is uh, is our ability to take care of the basketball this year. Um, you know, our ability to 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 give ourselves an opportunity. Last year, we 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 played fast, we played slow, we did whatever man uh, against man or zone, we would turn it over. And this year, we don't do that as much. We still get the ball stolen from us, which is a, a kind of a substat of turnovers, looking at teams stealing the ball from you versus just how many times you turn it. We still get – we still susceptible to that a little bit, but we don't have those unforced errors, the, those gratuitous giveaways where the team's coming right back at you, which, which you know, against a team like BYU gives you a chance because if you're turning the ball over against BYU – you know, your defense is at risk. You can't, you know, you've got to take care of the ball. And that's the biggest difference between this year's team and last year's team. It's because of the hard work and improvement of our existing roster, the returning roster, the veterans, the names you'd recognize from last year, and Kevin Bailey and Bryce Presley. But it's also the new guys, Alec Wintering, freshman guard, Bobby Sharp uh, comes off the bench, a shooter, um, uh, JC transfer, and some, some new guards. And so we really take care of the ball much better. And let it be known that I know I just jinxed us for Thursday's game. We're going to turn it over like crazy now. <laughs> I know I know that I've now just destined us to be like a sieve and everyone going, what are you talking about? But, uh, yeah, so that, that, that has been something that gives us a chance. So uh, that's the biggest difference. Portland head coach Eric Reveno, a man with 5,499 Twitter followers, at Coach Reveno, is on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, which BYU player presents the toughest matchup for you? Wow. You know, um, I, I'm, I'm, I've been sinking my teeth into that predicament. I should be asking you guys. I should be going to uh, I should, I should, I should exchange for this. I should be able to ask three questions of my own. Anyways, uh, I'm not pre- <laughs> we'll work on I'm that. Not, yeah, I'm not prepared for that. But that's, uh, you know, I, you know, you know, you guys, you know, Carlino and Hawes and you know, are just uh, are so tough, have been so tough, are so dangerous that those guys almost feel like guys that like you don't want to let them get going. And I have a philosophy that I think is true 90% of the time that like guys, when they get going with big games, normally get started with easy buckets, you know, um, you know, let Tyler, Tyler Hawes, once he gets going, I mean, he'll make some tough ones, but uh, you know, maybe if you can keep him from getting going, getting that wide open three to get him going or that, or something like that. I think that's, I think that's important. And, and, but, but the, you know, matchup wise, uh, Kyle Collinsworth, I'm still trying to get my hands around. You know, I think he's a big addition, and his his versatility uh, uh, is something that you know, and his size, you know, the moving moving him around and, and what position I think is a is a, is a tough matchup. So um, that's what I'm worried about. Everybody, but those are the, some of the guys I'm thinking about now. Head coach of the Portland Pilots, Eric Reveno on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, we thank you for the time. Congratulations on the turnaround. I just want to know one last thing very quickly, and that is what was your favorite tweet that you received from one of your supporters after uh, the recent successes against Gonzaga and Loyola Marymount? Oh, that's a great question. You know, uh, I got a lot, some texts too, and Twitter's great for that, for connecting. I follow the BYU stuff, and it's, it's great. Um, the, the, the one... You know, I, I got one from Andy Katz. You know, that just uh, that said, it said, you know, congrats. It, it was, it was, it was just congrats uh, to Coach Rev or whatever it was, and it was just saying you're just a good guy that uh, has done a good job, and it, you know, and it is, and, and, and basically the sense I took from it, I'm not 100 percent sure of the intention, but it was just we run a good program, we do the right things. We've had a couple, we had a down year last year, and we're and we're battling back, and he was happy for it. So it was a thoughtful sort of. You know, because that's what I'm, I'm proud of our program. We're not trying to do quick fixes. We're not trying to, we're not trying to, to get to where Gonzaga and BYU are overnight. We're trying to do it the right way uh, with the the strong foundation. And so that was a nice compliment. Andy Katz is the who's who of college basketball. I know, so I'd say that that qualifies. Coach, thanks so much for the time. Congrats again, and uh, we'll see you down the road.
All right, thank you very much. Thanks, Coach. Up next, how does this BYU Hoops team succeed with two banged-up bigs? They're taking on Portland on Thursday. Tim Lacombe, assistant coach for BYU Basketball, joins us in studio next. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out live in Studio 2. BYU TV and BYU Radio have the Cougars basketball team covered this week. Tomorrow, women's hoops. So San Francisco, crucial WCC battle. It's live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. And then the men's team is at Portland. You can listen to that on BYU Radio at 10 Eastern tomorrow. We welcome in studio the assistant basketball coach of the BYU Cougars, Tim Lacombe. A a revisit, coach. So uh, welcome back. Nice to have you in studio again. You've won five straight games. You got some of that swagger back after uh, a tough start in conference. What's what's been the biggest reason for uh, the turnaround in your mind? Well, obviously, getting kind of digging a hole, not starting the way we wanted to, was not anything any of us thought would happen. Uh, I think that the the biggest thing has been that Coach Rose is the coach of our team. He's led this deal, and you know he's had to make a couple adjustments. And the key is that the guys from one to thirteen of all bought you know kind of what coach rose has put out there guys are just uh, really trying to play for each other they're trying to figure out what it takes to win after losing a couple in a row and not having success and you know coach rose has done a great job as always with managing his roster managing his players and uh, dragging his assistants along for the ride as a staff you made the decision to bring in skylar halford whose on-court efficiency was high and to help Matt Carlino in some way maximize his talent. Since then, Carlino's been really good and he's figured it out. What, how did that happen? Well, it was, it was a hard one because everyone knows how talented Matt is and how big a part of this team he is. And we just felt like to start games that maybe we need a little bit more energy, maybe get, let Matt, rather than uh, kind of be part of the preparation and jumping in right from the start, be able to sit and watch a little bit and get a feel for it. We addressed certain things with every single guy. Um, and every guy took it to heart, and Matt has been probably as good as anybody at that. Uh, His efficiency was really the key, and he's been really efficient. He's tried to make plays that make sense, you know, make plays for other guys, shoot the ball when he's open, um, take good shots, and that's kind of been a theme across the board for our team. I think our guys have done a better job of sharing the ball, caring for each other on the defensive end, uh, making hustle plays, and you know, you mentioned Skyler. Skyler's kind of brought a lot of that to us, a lot of energy. Um, I love when he swan dives at least once a game for a ball. Yes, that was great. Um, and, and you see it in practice, and you see it in games, and it just brings a level of energy to our team. It's contagious. Uh, at least it looks like that from, from our vantage point, that everyone just it just takes everyone to another level when you see him dive on the floor reckless abandon. No question. And I think that that personifies what every guy's done. Um, not every guy, you know, every guy wants to come here and lead the team in scoring and lead the team in rebounding and lead the team in minutes. And the reality of it is that isn't going to happen every year for every guy. And so <clears throat> role definition is really important and guys buying into it, but it takes a coach that has a great feel, and that's what Coach Rose has. He's a great feel. He's shown it over many years here, and um, our guys have, like I said, they've bought into what it is that he sees the vision for this team to be. Now we are certainly got a lot of basketball to play. We've got a tough stretch ahead of us right now. But I think the key is that we live in the present. We practice every day as hard as we can. We try to make improvements and take it to the next game and, and focus on it there. Speaking of living in the present, is Tim Lacombe, BYU basketball assistant coach, is in studio on BYU Sports Nation. Will you run with this starting lineup until something ha- – I mean, you stay with this for the time being since it's working? Well, I, I don't think there's any reason to change it. Um, and, and I think every guy, like I said, is really comfortable. Will it change? I don't know. You know, that's coach's call. Um, obviously injuries affect that and, and guys' uh, efficiency and playing. But, uh, you know, right now I know that that's probably we'll start Thursday night, um, barring, you know, something crazy happening. Tim Lacombe, assistant basketball coach for BYU, joining BYU Sports Nation. So much has been said about the big men and their injuries. Eric Mika has been banged up. He's been battling, competing despite Nate Austin goes down with an ankle injury. What can you tell us about uh, the health status of both of those guys? Well, with Eric, Eric um, – Part of it, as we were talking off the air, part of it for him is just getting back in the getting the, back in the mix and trusting that he's okay. 
Um, he's getting all the treatment. He's making improvements physically. He's been way better in practice this week as far as explosive, you know, making plays that he normally makes. I think part of it for him is just trusting that everything's okay and that he can go, you know, get out of his comfort zone in terms of the injury and go make plays. And so off that, the court, that's easy for him. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> on, all you got to do is see his vines and twitters and all that stuff, right? Um, <laughs> Nate's deal last. Nate sprained his ankle yesterday. Um, the good news is that you know they did a they did an MRI on it. There's no or an X-ray on it. Sorry, there's no uh, break or anything like that. I this morning I don't know anything more than the fact that that's good news. I, I don't know how that'll affect his his presence tomorrow. And it happened at Santa Clara and a couple games previously where you didn't have Mika and you had to do it a little differently. You had to run the offense a little differently. And I, I thought the wins against Pepperdine and LMU were good. I thought Santa Clara was one of the best games played of the year. Now you have Portland and Gonzaga, which uh, some people have called the biggest week of the year You know, up to this point. What, is the, what are the challenges that Portland presents? We kind of know what Gonzaga presents, but Portland having beat Gonzaga kind of gives you a bigger sense of urgency. Well, it does. I, I think the thing with Portland, when you, you, know, you just think of them at face value from our experience with them in the past, is they're really physical. Uh, their two bigs are really experienced. And Bailey, their leading scorer, his guy who's been there, um, he makes tough shots. He can make a variety of different shots. He can shoot the three. He can put it on the floor and get into traffic and rise up off a of one dribble pull-up. Uh, they're getting really good point guard play from their new kid wintering, um, and they're getting good bench play. But the key with them is they're really physical, and every game we've played with them has been a battle. It's been a physical battle, you know, as physical a game as we play in our league, uh, honestly. And so our guys just need to know that uh, going in there, it's going to be a fight. I think the, the stat that was interesting in the last five games, they've really only trailed for about 10 minutes of any of those games. Wow. They've, they've had the lead from the start in a lot of those games. They've jumped out on teams. So... The start for us is really important, and then being able to maintain our composure, being able to stay within the context of what we're doing offensively, doing a great job defensively and on the glass. Tim Lacombe, BYU basketball assistant coach, joining BYU Sports Nation. Two road wins last week. Your first true road win since that big win at Stanford very early in the season. I've been wondering, and I this is just my opinion, but I think there is a mental edge that goes to a team after you lose two games early in conference where you almost kind of feel like we have to win every game. Can that almost be used as a good thing for this basketball team? I think that's something we tried actually tried to avoid is you know the, the pressure to have to win every game. I think what we really did, and Coach Rose was was a master at it and always has been is he just he brought everybody in and there's two ways you can go you can kind of splinter as a group and try to do your own thing which we kind of did a little bit in that losing streak you know everybody was trying hard to do what they felt like it took for the team to win but we kind of came home we were able to rally we got two wins at home and started to play way better on both ends and then um, you know looking at each game it's, it's cliche and everybody hates it but that one game, you know, the only game that's important to us right now is tomorrow. And that's the only thing we can control is today in practice, you know, our effort today in practice. Try to get ourselves prepared and then go battle tomorrow. And then however that thing turns out, turn our focus to the next night. And, and that's been the key. I think the pressure to win all the rest of our games, to get in the tournament, to do all that stuff may have been something that, that was contradictory to our ability to win. Interesting. And uh, so I think our focus has been really good at the challenge ahead. And um, our guys, like I said, have all been assigned different roles, and I think they've bought in, and that's why we're having success. Again, it's we're not halfway through the conference season. We've got a long way to go. This thing is, is going to be a battle all the way through. But our mindset has been really good. That's why you're a coach and I'm in the media. <laughs> <laughs> One game at a time, baby. <laughs> yeah. When we when you talk about Portland, are you guys going to have a chance to go to the employee store? I know Dave Rose's brother works there. And are you going to Voodoo Donuts? Voodoo Donuts is always a stop we make. Very nice. Um, coach Pope actually, uh, Coach Pope and Ashif and I, and, uh, we always try to get down there. Coach Pope actually did the challenge. I was very disappointed. What's the, what's the challenge? I'm not, they I'm have this unaware. humongous donut. It's it's as as big as my head, and which is my head's pretty big. <laughs> um, not not an ego sense, but just physically. Uh, but they time you, and you have to eat this big glazed donut in a short period. Of, I don't know, like a minute and a half or something. And and you can only have water. You can have water with it, and that's it. And if you eat the whole donut, then it's free. And Coach 
Pope did a poor job. I have to admit, <laughs> I, the way he eats, like he inhales food. I was very disappointed in his effort. He's no Joey Chestnut? No. I don't think competitive eating is in You know, coaching, <laughs> he's, he's terrific, but I don't know if competitive eating is in his, in his uh, future. Employee store? You guys get a chance to go over there? Um, it's, it's there and available. Um, Can I give you some money to yeah, grab me some yeah, stuff? You oh, give me, you guys give me your order. Uh, I understand why women love shopping after going there. Like, <laughs> I went there and I was like, oh, I get it. I totally get it. It's, ama- it's an amazing place if, if you haven't been there, but... Uh, I, I for me like I hinge it on if we win if we win that's that's it's a reward bone. yeah if if we we got to win and then we'll talk about that but okay. uh, going in it's all about beating Portland we need to take advantage of the fact that you and your your coaching expertise expertise is in the studio so you were you were in studio for uh, Coach Eric Ravenel's interview I want you to assess how Jeremy and I. Uh, handled that interview with the Portland head coach, our, our composure, our posture. What do you think? Well, I, I think the whole success of this show, I mean, you guys do a great job, but, but Bags, I mean, he runs the whole show. <laughs> he doesn't get any credit. You know, the other night, day I walked into a restaurant and I felt really good about my food choice that day when I saw Bags there because <laughs> I think he should publish, you know, the dude knows food, all right? And uh, so... I'm going to skip you guys and give all the credit to Bags. That's fair. Ben Bagley is. I'm now, going to say that's unfair, but whatever. Hey, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. We need to get better, right? Listen, Jeremy? I want you just motivated this, me. Listen, this this was a timeout. We've come off the court. We're in a court. We're in a sweat after the revenue interview, and I didn't get any coaching. Well, I just I just sat you two. You, can, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going to sit by Very me. Nice. Bags is going to man the post. <laughs> Like Carlino, I will I will avenge this and, and storm back. <laughs> Tim Lacombe in studio on BYU Sports Nation, BYU basketball assistant coach. I noticed, going back to Matt Carlino, that he's taken more of a role as a vocal leader, which I didn't see him do a, a ton of. And I asked him about it. I said, when did that take place? He said, well, when we lost to Pepperdine and went 0-2 in conference, I knew something needed to change. Is he the vocal leader of this team now? I, I think that uh, he's he's one of them. Kyle's done a terrific job as well as leading us. Uh, you know, our captains are Kyle and Matt and Tyler, and they all kind of lead in their own ways. Tyler's more kind of just goes out there and does everything he can to try to help us win. He's not real uh, rah-rah vocal guy. Kyle's a guy that will challenge guys, um, and, and Matt has become really good. I think the guys have a real good trust in those three guys, and um, leadership is huge. It's an important part of being good. Um, but but Matt has, you know, really stepped up in every facet. Uh, really, really pleased with him right now. Uh, love the way he's playing. And, you know, my hope as a coach is that we all can, can just continue the, the, way we, the way we've been playing this last little stretch. Is the Kyle Collinsworth point guard, I don't want to call it an experiment, but that, uh, that theory, I guess, is that playing out like you wanted it, given the way he's stuffing the stats? No question. And, and I think um, the, the thing that's really hard for teams is, that Kyle comes in, starts at the point, and then you know you can move him around. But the way we're running our offenses, uh, even when Kyle's not at the point, there's a lot of opportunity for him to handle the ball and come off ball screens and make decisions. And so it's almost like having two guys out there with Matt and Kyle that um, play dual point. I think our our approach to that has been really good. Coach Nash have kind of designs the offense, and he's done a really good job of utilizing both. And when Kyle's on the ball. You know, and a point guard's guarding him. We can do a really good job of exploiting that. And then when Kyle's off the ball, we can do a really good job of still giving him an opportunity to come off and make decisions. Kyle's a great decision maker, as you can tell by the fact that his assist, his assist numbers, two turnovers, uh, his ability to get to the basket, draw defenders and find people, and then his ability to get rebounds and put them back in. He's a really hard cover. And when you move him around a little bit and you have he and Matt on the floor at the same time, it causes problems for other teams. Kyle Collinsworth guaranteed a triple-double to Jeremy and I earlier this season, and I think it's going to happen. I, I wouldn't bet against it. Uh, you know, he's been really close. Um, the great thing about Kyle is he's never playing for numbers. You know, he, he just goes out there and plays his game, and his game naturally fits that kind of style. He's, he's a guy that will get to the basket and create opportunities to score on the glass. Uh, He's got the ball in his hand and does a great job with instinct of finding players. And we've got players around that can reward his passing. Uh, and then, you know, he does a great job uh, of just uh, getting to the glass and rebounding the ball. So there's there's all sorts of ways for that dude to, to, to help our team win. And that's the key. we got to find every guy's got to come, whether it's a practice player or, you know, a guy like Tyler Matt 
uh, and and Tyler or Tyler Matt and and Kyle that can step in and help us uh, just figure out how how can they help us win games and that's the most important part. Last question: Do you guys advise on haircuts at all? <laughs> this is I, important. I don't know that we advise on them. I think discriminate. We, we could we critique them fairly <laughs> heavily, um, and I won't go into any more detail than that, but. Is there any one guy that you've had to make a bigger adjustment with? I will just say this. Eric Eric got a Flobie for Christmas. <laughs> and the Flobie may be one of the worst um, purchases that Eric's ever made. Follow him on Instagram and you'll know what's exactly going on with Absolutely. his life. Great, great kid. Doesn't always have the best judgment in haircuts. Tim Lacombe brought it today. We appreciate the time and the insight. Good luck in the Northwest road trip against Portland and Gonzaga. Thanks. Great to be with you guys. Coming up, what are the experts saying about Kyle Van Noy, BYU football star at the Senior Bowl? We'll tell you next in the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back inside Studio 2. We're live from BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. You know what time it is, man? Yes, I do. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. That's right. Cougars in the association. Jim Fredette had five points and a block shot. What? A block shot? In the Kings 114-97 win over the Pelicans. That still is weird. Tonight, Brandon Davies and the 76ers take on the Knicks, and Jimmer and the Kings take on the Rockets. Jimmer! Football! How about the tweet from the scouts at the Senior Bowl surrounding Kyle Van Noy and his awesomeness? From Dion Caputi at NFL Draft Update. Guy has over 11,000 followers. Notable guy. BYU linebacker Kyle Van Noy having another strong day by all accounts. Eric Galco at Optimum Scouting, sporting news contributor. Kyle Van Noy playing well in team drills again. Haven't watched him much today, but filled with strength inside. Once opened, ran with a tight end another. Galco says Van Noy goes between pick 15 and 25. And then at Mark Dolgarian, Garapolo, Van Noy, and Antonio Andrews were the standouts from the quarterback, running back, linebacker group in the South. So Van Noy continues to impress. Doing work. boy. Women's basketball. BYU hosts San Francisco tomorrow night. Big WCC game live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. With that, we introduce senior center Jennifer Hampson in studio. Jen, what's up? Nothing much. Glad to be here. Welcome to the studio. Big game with San Francisco. Every uh, WCC game seems to be big. What do you expect against the Dons tomorrow night? Uh, we expect a good game. They always play really well against us. So, you know, this is an important game for us, and it's at home, so we're excited. Jen, you have battled. And, and I've called many of your home games. I saw you take a couple of just brutal blows to the face. How, how's your nose doing? I couldn't believe you came back in after the second time you came back in and played. How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, it's all fixed now, so I'm feeling good about it. So did, did it break? Yeah, it, it broke, broke a couple times. A couple, couple times. Places. Do you <laughs> feel like a warrior because of that? Like You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm a tough girl. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. You know, <laughs> just deal with what you get, so... Uh, first team All American in volleyball in 2012. You redshirted this year. How difficult was it to sit out in an attempt to focus on basketball? Because next year you'll play volleyball again. Oh, that was so hard. You know, sitting on the sidelines and watching them compete. You know, because you always want to be a part of it. But they did so well this year, and I was just so proud just to be a part of that team. So next year, higher expectations in Sweet 16, given the fact that you'll join the the crew again. Yeah, we definitely have hard, high expectations, but it's just how hard we're willing to work for it. I'm calling it, and I always have. Final four, Jen. Make <laughs> it happen. I know you guys can do it. Jennifer Hampson, BYU basketball and volleyball star, joining BYU Sports Nation. Jen, talk about your relationship with Jeff Judkins. How is it How is it to play for Juddy? Uh, you know, it's great. You know, there's some things that uh, he's just really good at doing. You know, with me being a dual sport athlete, he's always been so supportive that because of in the beginning years, it's been I take a lot out of basketball season, and you know that goes for volleyball. And he's always so great helping me with my game and encouraging me to be tough. And so, you know, it's great. Do you have aspirations to play in the WNBA? Um, I definitely want to play afterwards, whether it's basketball or volleyball. I still have no idea. Share the wealth, why don't you? It must be nice to have <laughs> options and be good at a lot of things. And then there's Jeremy and I. <laughs> With Boom Shakalaka, uh, originally we conceived of the idea of, hey, let's have Jen Hampson come in and dunk. What was that experience like? Because you came in, dunked, and that got on Sports Center. 
oh no, that was a fun experience, you know, just to be a part of that and, you know, to show that I can kind of do it. And so. Oh, you totally did. Yeah. I don't know. It's just fun. How can we get you to dunk in a regular season game? Because, Jen, you know that will be top 10 on SportsCenter. It'll happen. Yeah, just trying to work on it. Can we Can we have you just cherry pick at midcourt? <laughs> just mail it in on defense one time to get a steal and go? Like, would that be all right? Yeah, I'll talk to Jenny about it, but they'll play in. <laughs> it's approved by Spencer and Jeremy. Just tell Coach Chutkins that. It's it's all good. Okay, uh, some lightning round questions. Goofiest person on the women's basketball team? Ooh, we have a couple of girls who really, you know, make us laugh. That, you know, there's Morgan Bailey. She's always funny. And Christine Fuller. You know, they're always good people that help us laugh. Best dressed on the women's basketball team? Ooh. I would have to say probably Kim Beeston or, ooh, I don't know, Lexi Eaton. They're uh, both very well dressed. Okay. And then for you, Jen, uh, what's your favorite game day preparation meal? Ooh, I love Zupas. I go there as many times as I can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very I always good. get an ultimate there. The ulti, as they call it. <laughs> yes. Grilled cheese. All right, Jen Hampson, good luck this weekend as the Cougars try and get back on track in West Coast Conference play. Do you want Jamal Williams gives shout-outs. Do you want to do shout-outs with Jen Hampson right now? The mic is yours if you want to. I don't know. Just thanks to everyone who supports us. That's a lot short. Jamal had 36 shout-outs. <laughs> <laughs> that's no joke. Oh, so, so everyone show up at the Marriott Center or watch it on BYU TV, BYU in San Francisco tomorrow night at 9 Eastern. Jen, thanks for the time. Good luck. Yeah, thank you. Jen Hampson of the women's basketball team. Tomorrow, West Coast Conference Commissioner Jamie Zaninovich will join us, member of the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee. Friday, Gonzaga play-by-play Tom Hudson. And from BYU men's volleyball, Devin Young. Today's, today's rise and shout. How about we give it to Kyle Van Noy, who continues to do work at the Senior Bowl, which is Saturday at 4 Eastern on NFL Network. Kyle Van Noy continues to do it. Let's go to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. <laughs> this is coming from at McMinn5. How's the view from under the bus at Jerem Jordan and at Spencer <laughs> underscore Linton? Coach Lacombe and Ben Bagley just backed over you. We got benched by Coach Lacombe. We did get benched. My worst nightmare. <laughs> And in reference to today's Twitter question, what percent chance do you give BYU to sweep this weekend's Northwest Road Trip at Dick's Dog 27? He said, it depends on the health of Rex Source Rex, Nate Austin. He's BYU's best defensive big. Without him, BYU loses both. See, I disagree. I think even without Austin, BYU beats Portland. It's tougher. Because they've won games without Eric Yes, it's tougher, but BYU can do it. At Dr. Johnson DDS, 22%. That's pretty specific. And this guy's apparently a doctor, so he knows what he's talking about. Okay. At sports <laughs> underscore blue. I won't argue that. Without the rebounding and just another big body in Nate Austin, 15%. Hmm. That's that's low. At Kev Farns, 20% of the time they will win 100% of the time. <laughs> Thank you, Brian Fantana. <laughs> At Laser Sheep, I give the Cougs a 60% chance at Portland with Rexosaurus Rex Iffy and 25% chance at the Zags. I guess that makes it a 15% chance. Believe, people! Thanks to our guests today. Great lineup. David Nixon, Eric Revno, Tim Lacombe, and Jennifer Hampson in studio. And everyone on our crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, station manager Don Shaline, production assistants Alan Miller, Spencer King, Kyle Ireland, and engineer of the system Aaron Evans. Check out our new BYU Sports Nation Facebook page. You can also listen to episodes of the show on demand at byuradio.org. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. And you have just listened to a Wednesday edition of BYU Sports Nation.